Turn in your Bibles to Isaiah 61, verse 1. That same verse there that uh, Christine shared from her spirit this morning. I was laughing because God's like confirming his word. That's what we're going to jump off of today as we begin a new series on the power and purpose of pain. Isaiah 61, verse 1, okay? Isaiah 61, verse 1. It says this, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor, and he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this awesome opportunity to share the word today. We thank you for your spirit that we know is here because your word tells us where two or three are gathered in your name, there you are. And Lord, I believe that something special happens in the atmosphere when we come together in service that doesn't take place anywhere else. And we ask for that anointing to be here, to preach and pull down strongholds, to reveal and, 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 and to give us understanding of what pain is and what it's for and what it can do and what to do with it. We ask, Lord God, that every person here would be open to you speaking into their lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Yeah, so we're going to spend a few weeks talking about the power and purpose of pain. And that might be, you know, like, wow, I don't want to hear about pain. Well, you know, we need to have understanding of pain because every single one of us experiences pain. Can I get an amen on that? Every single person here, if you haven't already, and that's probably unlikely, at no matter how old you are, at some point in your life, you're going to experience pain, and you have experienced pain. But the problem that we have many times is we don't have proper understanding of what pain is and what pain can do and what to do with pain. And the reason I say that is because most of us, some of the issues that we have in our lives or the problems that we have in our lives is because we have not yet learned how to deal with pain. Some people like to hide their pain, push it to the side. Some people want to ignore their pain. Some people want to carry their pain. And see, all these things will contribute to bad behavior in our lives. And so we need to look at what does the Bible tell us about pain? What does God's word tell us about pain? And we start off here in Isaiah 61 verse 1 because it tells us basically the purpose of the anointing in the earth. The purpose, this is Jesus' mission statement. He he read this in the temple in the New Testament. He got up, the Bible says, and he said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. Now, the first thing he says is to preach good tidings to the poor. Now, what is good tidings or what is good news to the poor? Good news to the poor is you don't have to be poor anymore. Come on, somebody. That's what Jesus came to the earth to do, to declare you don't have to stay poor. You don't have to be poor. I have made provision to bless you in the earth. And when you read anybody that followed Jesus through the word of God in the Old Testament, the mark of the blessing on their life was prosperity. The mark of Abraham was that he was blessed beyond measure. The mark of King David was that his kingdom kept going and going and going. The mark of blessing, matter of fact, one of the things that that glory means in the Bible is prosperity and, and blessing and riches and things of that nature. So he came to declare that to poor folks. But listen to the second thing it says here. It says, he has sent me to heal. Everybody say heal. Heal. So part of the uh, the mission of the anointing and the mission of Jesus is to declare healing into our lives. 
Now, why is that so important? Because we all experience pain. It might be the pain of brokenheartedness. It might be physical pain. But see, the answer to pain is found in Jesus, in the anointing. Amen? And it says here that he has sent me to heal. Now, that means this. If you're anointed of God and if you're a Christian, part of your mission, listen now, part of your mission, the Bible is telling you here, he has sent me to heal. Every person that becomes a Christian must understand part of your mission in the earth is to go forth and be a healing person, to walk in healing, to bring healing. Now, listen, we've got to renew our minds because all some of us are used to doing is bringing pain. And we get into a relationship, we bring pain. We cause our moms and dads pain. We cause our loved ones pain. But then you come to an altar, you cry, you get saved, and now God says, I've anointed you to heal. We've got to change the way we think. We've got to change the things we do. We've got to cause things to line up. Because if you want to find purpose in your life, you've got to understand, now that you're with Jesus, you don't get to just go around making messes. Oh, come on, somebody. Amen? Amen. You've got to quit causing pain and start bringing healing. We've got to break the addiction to drama and start bringing healing, pushing people to Jesus. Because if the anointing is in your life, if Christ is in your life, this is a mandate for you. He has sent me to heal. Tell your neighbor right now, he has sent me to heal. He sent me to heal. Life gets better if you understand this about yourself. He sent you to heal. The purpose of the anointing is to heal and, listen to this, to help remove pain. Now, what does that word pain mean? Well, the dictionary uh, sums up pain like this. Pain is a physical or emotional, there's emotional suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury. It also means something that causes great care or trouble. Kind of like when you say, man, my car is just a big pain. You know, my, 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 hopefully not my son is a pain. Come on, but you've said it probably before. My, you know, my this is a pain to me. My job is a pain to me. It means that. It means physical or emotional suffering or discomfort caused by illness or injury or something that causes great care or trouble. So as we jump into the power and purpose of pain, I want to give you what I'm calling here pain points, okay? These are things, uh, 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 statements or facts about pain that, we, that we've got to understand if we're going to know how to deal with pain. Okay, so I want you to write these down. I believe they're going to have them on the screen behind you here. And we're going to just go in and see what the Holy Spirit wants to bring up and and highlight today. Well, the first pain point I want you to see here is this pain must be dealt with in your life. I want you to write that down. Pain must be dealt with in your life. See, I believe what one of the motivations is for why God's having me speak about this is many of us have pain and we don't know what to do with it. When you don't know what to do with pain, it begins to grow. It can begin to dominate your life. It can begin to be a motivating factor that takes you down a road that you really don't want to go you know, down. And so if we're completely honest, every single person here has experienced pain emotionally, physically, whatever, that is now fighting that pain if you don't deal with it 
will begin to influence the way you deal with others. It'll influence the way you uh, live your life and the way you see the world. So what has to happen? Pain must be dealt with. Come on, everybody say that. Pain must be dealt with. I want you to understand this because this is a different way of thinking than the world thinks. The world, excuse my voice there. It's like I'm hit puberty again right there. The world doesn't know what to do with pain. Matter of fact, the world wants to ignore its pain. They don't want to deal with stuff. And there's many of us here because we come from the world. We're carrying pain that we've never dealt with. And we're sitting back and we're thinking, oh, I'm good. I'm good. How are you with that situation? I'm good. I'm good. But you're really not good if you've never dealt with it. If you've you've never dealt with it, you're really not good because pain has to be dealt with. It's not just going to go away. Okay, it needs to be dealt with. Okay, unconfronted pain multiplies in your life. This is some of our problems. Some of us never dealt with the pain of childhood. And now it's grown. Now you're a full grown adult. And the pain that you experienced in your childhood has multiplied and it's continuing to multiply because you never dealt with the pain of your childhood. Now you have children and you're spreading that pain into them because you never dealt with that pain of childhood. You get married and you're polluting your spouse with the pain from your childhood all because you've never dealt with it. It gets even worse. These kids that are out there in the streets doing dirt getting caught up in crime, shooting, violence, all this stuff. You want to know what that is? It's unconfronted pain that is multiplied, and now it is spilling over into our communities. And it's affecting you, it's affecting me, it's affecting society. But what is the root? The root is unconfronted pain. You got to deal with it. Pain must be addressed and acknowledged to be confronted. And in in order to acknowledge pain, here you you got to have this most important ingredient, humility. You want to know why we're always just telling people, oh, I'm straight, I'm good, I'm all right, pride. We don't want to admit I'm hurting. We don't want to admit that hurt me. Because why? We want to put on the front that we're tough. And it used to be men that think like that. I'm tough, ain't nothing hurt me, I'm good. But what's crazy in 2016, it's women that act like that, too. Hello, housewives of Atlanta. (laughs) Loving hip hop. I would fight one of them women. I'll tell you that right now. I'd be like, no, I'm not fighting you. (laughs) Why? Because they become so hard. And you know all it is? Hurting women. Hurting men. And everybody's too proud to let it break and go, I'm hurting. I got some issues. Somebody hurt me. My father wasn't there. My mom wasn't there. My ex-boyfriend did this. I've never known love. People are afraid to admit that stuff. So instead, we act hard. But see, acting hard doesn't deal with pain. It causes it to go undealt with, which then causes it to multiply. You see it in these shows. You see these hurting women. What do they now do? They hurt their spouses. 
What else did they do? They hurt their kids because their kids got to go to school and see, look at my mama on TV acting a fool. Come on, some of you might have had moms like that. They went on TV, but you, every time she come around, oh, Lord, my mom, my mom's going to go off on somebody. Yeah, that, ain't, that ain't good. That's not good. That's multiplied pain because somebody won't confront it. Somebody won't deal with it. And how, how, how long are you going to keep saying, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good? Listen, maybe you need to stop saying I'm good and just go, you know what? This is my issue. When I was five years old, this happened. Talk to somebody. Get it out. Deal with it. Amen? Because if you don't, it begins to multiply in your life. Now, here's the beautiful thing about God. God is the authority on pain. He's the authority on pain. How do we know this? Because the Bible is a book about pain. That's what the Bible's about. It's a book about God's pain. It's a book about betrayal. I mean, think about, you know, sometimes we, we don't think about God in these terms. But when you read the Bible, think about what God went through with Lucifer up in heaven before he even created the earth. The Bible says that God crowns Lucifer with all the beauty of the universe, puts it in one person. He gives him influence. The Bible says Lucifer was the most beautiful creation that God had. And he filled Lucifer with the ability to bring praise just in his presence. He gave Lucifer influence. And what does Lucifer do? Lucifer betrays the Lord and begins to use the very things that God gave Lucifer to influence a third of heaven to leave God the Father. God knows pain. God knows pain. Some of you in here know the pain of betrayal. There's nothing worse than pouring your life into somebody and then having them turn on you, giving them influence, helping them in their life, and then they go out and they spread rumors about you or they talk bad about you when you were the one crying there with them. You were the one laying hands with them, on them. You were the one helping them through their issues. And then they're going to go, now that they're a little bit better, and turn on you. Some of you know that pain. Some of you experience that in your families, in your friendships, and different things like that. Well, God knows that pain. God knows what it's like to pour all that he had into an individual and give them influence. And the very influence that God gave Lucifer, Lucifer turned around and used that against God. That's what happened to the Lord. That's painful. But then it doesn't stop there. Then God creates a beautiful creation in Adam and Eve. His literal sons and daughter right there. And he witnesses his kids make a decision not to follow him, but to follow Lucifer. You don't think that hurt God the Father? You don't think he knows pain? Listen, moms and dads, some of you have felt that pain as well. You raise your kids, you influence your kids, you help your kids. Your kids are what they are today because of you. And now somebody else's voice comes, and they'd rather listen to that voice than your voice. It hurts. Some of us in this room, you know that pain because your kids no longer want to serve God, no longer want to listen to you, and there's no, nothing you can do but cry out to the Lord. God knows that pain. See, God's an authority on pain. God understands rejection. He experienced that from Adam. 
He understands regret, the pain of regret. The Bible says when during the time of Noah, the whole reason the flood had to come is God regretted making his creation. He understands that pain, rejection, regret. He understands the loss of a loved one. Because what happened with Adam and Eve, basically Adam died in that moment because of choices he made to walk away from God. God lost his son. God experienced loss when he gave Jesus on the cross. He experienced that loss. The Bible says that the world groaned when that happened. So betrayal, the pain of betrayal, the pain of losing a loved one, the pain of rejection, the pain of regret. God gets it. Amen? And I share all this because he's the one that we need to be running to with our pain. He understands it. He gets it. He's overcome it. He's conquered it. We need to understand that he is a loving father that wants to help us, listen now, deal with the pain in your life. Amen? Amen. Number two, second pain point. Every destructive thing that we do is a reaction to an invisible pain. Every destructive thing that we do is a reaction to invisible pain. So before you start saying, well, I'm good, that don't bother me no more, look at your actions. What is it that you can't stop doing that is destructive? What is it that you're dealing with? Because it's probably a pretty sure bet that every destructive thing that is going on in your life can be traced to a pain. It's what alcoholism is. Alcoholism, the the root of it is pain. Drug addiction, same root. Pornography, same root. Overeating, fighting, being offensive, same root. Why do you have to be a jerk? Same root. Do you know being a jerk is a problem? It's not good to be a jerk. Someone that's mean all the time. Somebody has no compassion. Somebody that will say the wrong thing, right? Somebody that doesn't have a problem going out and po- pointing out your weaknesses, right? That's called being a jerk. But you know where jerks come from? Pain. You can trace every destructive behavior in your life to an unconfronted pain. We've got to deal with that. You know, so many people trying to just deal with the roots. Well, I'm an alcoholic, and that's just that that way it is, and I'm a drug addict, and, you know, oh, pornography, I just got this stuff. Listen, man, you've got to take a good close look at yourself. Where are you hurting? Where are you hurting? And pray over that. Bring that before the throne. Talk to God. Don't ignore it anymore. Because if you ignore it, like we said in the first thing, it multiplies. What's the problem with society today? Well, there's this and there's that. You know, there's a variety of things. But part of the root is pain. And we talked about it in the last series. Pain of what? Pain of fatherlessness. Listen, you got to deal with that thing. If you didn't grow up with a dad, if you grew up in a divorced home, don't just brush it under the rug. Deal with it. And the number one way you deal with it is in prayer with God. See, we're quick to go get a counselor. We're quick to go get this when you ain't even talked to God about it. 
when we ain't spent 10 minutes praying in tongues over it. When we haven't done a lick of Bible reading to get that thing dealt with, we'll run to somebody else. Pastor, can I talk to you? And that's good. You should have those times. But go to the person who's the authority on pain and let him change it and transform it and take it out of your life. That's what God wants to do. Some of us, we're chasing our destructive behaviors. Well, I need help stopping this. I need help stopping that. Now, what you need to first do is deal with the pain in your life. It's affecting society today. Every destructive thing you do is a reaction to an invisible pain. Alcoholism, I'll say it again, drug addiction, pornography, overeating. Oh, here's another good one. Uh, Sometimes tattoos. I lost half the room right there. Oh, pastor, don't touch my tattoos. Don't touch my tattoos, pastor. You listen, I got nothing against tattoos. You go to heaven with tattoos, rock tattoos. That's cool. All good. Amen? Tell your neighbor, pastor's cool with tattoos. I ain't got a problem. Amen? Praise God. That's why some of you here, praise God. But did you know sometimes a tattoo can be motivated from a place of pain? And I bet you if you ask yourself where you were when you put that thing on your arm, sometimes pain motivated it. Yeah, I'm just going to keep going because I feel a brick spirit uh, coming. <laughs> Nothing wrong with having them. That's fine if you have them, but, but trace it. Be honest with yourself. Sometimes we do those things based from a place of pain. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Number three, another pain point. We kind of said this earlier, but understand this. It needs to be said again. Pain ignored increases. Pain ignored increases. Unattended pain will affect everything around you. Quit telling people it didn't hurt you when he left you. It devastated you. It rocked your world. It changed you. Quit trying to be hard saying, ah, she didn't mean nothing to me. She was your world. Deal with it. Face it. Cry about it. Get it out. Quit this. No, I'm straight. I'm good. It wasn't no, it wasn't no big deal. It wasn't, no, it was a huge deal. Because if you just ignore it, it's going to affect everything around you. And I see it all the time. A girl gets her heart broken from a guy, tries to brush it under the rug. She gets with the next guy, treats him like dirt because of something somebody else did. So now he's got to feel that pain. And the problem is he's a good dude. He's God's solution to your pain. But because you didn't deal with that last pain, you're going to rock his world now. And the pain increases. And then you get pregnant. Oh, Lord. And you're one of those moms. You're one of those moms. You know one of those moms. Moms just go off on everything. Don't matter if you're in the store, the neck starts swinging. It don't matter who you're around. You embarrass your kids. Embarrass your kids because you don't know how to act like an adult. And it ain't that you ain't got sense. It's you got pain. And if you don't deal with that, it, exposed, it gets exposed in your, in your relationship, goes down to your kids. Then it goes into society. When all you had to do was say, yeah, I'm hurting. Yeah, she hurt me. Yeah, he hurt me. Help me. Look towards heaven. He's the author of pain. Amen? Let's keep going. Pain is not to be endured without a reaction. You know what that means? It's not going away. Amen? 
It's not going away. Pain is not to be endured without a reaction. I know this goes against some of us who are raised, you know, if you raise Mexican, you had a pain. You never went to the hospital. Amen. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? That's a what? You're Mexican. You don't, you don't go to the hospital unless something's falling off or you can't stop the blood. You can't stop the blood, then you go to the hospital then. That'd be it. But everything else, you walk it off. Come on. And even if you can't walk it off, that's just the way you walk from now on. How many, I mean, had a Theo like that or something. You should get that checked out. No, I'm okay, mijo, I'm okay. I'm okay. What should happen, the proper reaction to pain, is there should be something done about it. Now, I know, and I'm one of them. We weren't raised like that. I think we went to the hospital. I could probably count the amount of times I went to the hospital as a child. My brother Vince could probably confirm this with maybe one, once or twice. The times I should have went, probably 10 or 11. <laughs> Me, uh, Dad, I got a pain right here. That's okay, Mila. Go like this. And stop, it'll stop hurting. <laughs> Go like this. What's that going to... Now go to sleep. It'll be better in the morning. You know, it's just, it's just kind of how we dealt with pain. Amen? You just, just kind of, you know, do stuff. Or, or you get those, uh, you know, those, those, those Mexican remedies. Right? Everybody got a Mexican remedy. Some of you Mexican-Americans, you got those remedies, right? Mijo, drink this. Mom, my, my stomach hurts. 7-Up. Have some 7-Up. What? Put some corn syrup and carbonation in my stomach? That's your answer for my pain? You know, all that kind of stuff. Now, we laugh about it, but what does it teach us? It teaches us not even to respond to pain. But pain, you have to have a reaction to pain. There's a reason your leg's hurting. Find out what it is. There's a reason you have pain there. Something's wrong. Okay? So you can't ignore pain, because if you ignore it, it increases. Pain is not to be endured without a reaction. So when you're hurting emotionally, hear me now, when somebody hurts you, when somebody offends you, I say this all the time, but some people just don't get it, so I want you to get it, okay? Somebody hurts you, you need to respond. When you're offended with somebody, there should be a response. Why? Because you're hurting. What is the response that you should have? Have a conversation. Everybody say, have a conversation. Have a conversation. Did you know a conversation can save you so much pain? But the problem is we fear the pain of the conversation rather than the healing of the conversation. We don't want to have a conversation because we're afraid. Well, what if this? What if that? No, no, no. Have a con- if you're hurting, have a conversation. If I've done something to you, let's have a conversation. Amen? Amen. If your neighbor's sitting next to you, look at him, too. Look at him. Look at your neighbor. Don't mad dog them. Calm down. Calm down. Just look at them and say, hey, if they, if they offend you, if somebody does something to you, have a conversation. Amen? Do you know what most of us do in the church world? I'm cool. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm over it. I'm over it. And then you go to your person over here. But do you know what they did? Blah, 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 blah. And da, 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 da. And dee, 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 dee. And all that kind of stuff. And guess what you just did? You multiplied your pain. When all you should have had it done was have a conversation. 
have a conversation. Tell the other neighbor, have a conversation. This is better than y'all letting on. Have a conversation. Pain is not to be endured with a reaction. That means this, if I hurt you, I should do something about it. If you hurt me and I'm hurting, I should do something about it. Amen? You know what all of us do? We get hurt, do nothing about it, and stay hurt a week, two weeks, month, two months, year, 20 years, 50 years. You're a dead, old, hurting man now. Right? Do you know how many people leave churches because they're hurt? People should be, we, we should be double the size, but people get hurt. And instead of having a conversation, they just leave. Instead of working it out, we leave because they don't want to deal with pain. But here's the sad part. They leave here with pain. They go to the next church with pain, and now they're a pain. Yeah, I've talked to those pastors. Did you know, they used to go here. Oh, Lord, I wish they'd go back. No, 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 you keep them. You, you, you keep them. You keep them over there. Because it don't matter where you go, pain follows you until you deal with it. So you get hurt from church, now you, I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with church. Deal with it, because you need it. It's in the Bible. It ain't going away because you don't like it or you had a bad experience. God's word ain't changing. He said, forsake not the assembling of yourselves. Well, I don't believe I need church to, 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 to be a Christian. You don't need it to be a Christian, you just won't grow. Amen? A Christian without being a part of a covenant community of believers doesn't grow. He stays small. You want to stay small? You'll make it to heaven, but you'll be small getting there. Amen? Let's keep going now. Pain ignored increases. All right, let's go. Let's go now. Number four, fourth pain point. I want you to catch today. All pain has a reason. All pain has a reason. There's a reason you're hurting. Identify it. What's the reason of your pain? Why are you so angry? Why are you so bitter? And when you find the answer, don't just, no, no, I'm good, I'm straight. I dealt with that. That's what I hear a lot of time. Well, I dealt with that. Apparently not. Or apparently you're not done dealing with it if there's still symptoms. All pain has a reason. Some pain, listen to this, is created in a mind. You ever assume pain? Did you see how they looked at you, at me? Nobody looked at you crazy. It's in your head. They don't like me. That's in your head. I went to that church, and nobody talked to me. And did you talk to anybody? Well, no. I just assumed they don't like me. You created that in your mind. Amen? Some pain's created in the mind. Some pain, listen to this, is the result of disobeying the laws of God. You want to keep sleeping with people you're not married to? You're going to feel some pain. Just going to let that marinate a little bit. Just lay in that one right there. Okay. Yeah, but I love them. It don't matter. It's a violation to God's law to have sex with somebody you're not married to. So you violate that law, pain comes with it. Pain comes with it. And it's bad pain, too. I'm not just talking about physical pain. You might get something down there, too. (laughs) 
So you laugh, but did you know one in four teenage girls in America that is sexually active has an STD? So while you're laughing, somebody here is going, yeah, I know that. One in four. Okay. What is that? That pain is the result of disobeying God. You want to move her in and you're not married to her? You want to live with her? You're not married to her? You want to act married, but you're not married? There's some pain coming your way. It's coming. It's coming. Because you cannot violate laws of God and not face the consequences. That's why God puts it as a law. He's trying to keep us from pain. Don't do that because it'll result in that. Do this. And when we say, no, I'm going to do it anyway, pain's coming your way. So when the pain comes, don't get mad at God. Identify where it came from. I disobeyed. I did what I wanted to do. And guess what? Guess who that pain multiplies to? Your kids. But don't get mad at me because I'm pointing it out today because I'm being a father. I'm trying to help somebody in here. We've got to learn that when God says do it this way, do it that way, because if you don't, you violate that, pain will come. But as deep as that is, check this out. Sometimes pain is the result of obeying God. Did you know obeying God comes with pain? So you got to identify, why am I going through this? One of the hardest things my wife and I ever had to do, and I've said it so many times, is come to Sacramento. We endured two of the worst years of our life coming here. Pain came at us from every area. Was it because we were disobedient? I had to look at that. Was it because we broke a law? I had to look at that. But what I found was my obedience to God released pain in my life. Sometimes obedience will release pain. Doing the right thing hurts sometimes. Come on, single people. It hurts to do the right thing. Stay at home on a Friday night and feel like a nerd. While everybody's at the big pachanga dancing away and being, drinking and getting drunk. And you're at home feeling the pain of loneliness for doing the right thing. That's pain for obedience. But I'll tell you what, the difference in those two pains is the, the pain of obedience will bear forth more good fruit. The pain of disobedience will only magnify more pain. We'll talk about more of that later on in the series. But understand this, all, all pain has a reason. Why are you going through pain? Some pain is a result of obeying the laws of God. Your assignment many times can unleash pain in your life. The minute you say yes to God, the enemy comes at you. But when you go through pain of obedience, blessings on the other side. That's the difference. When you go through the pain of disobedience, unless you come back to the Lord and you make it right and you get healed, you'll only find more pain. Are you tracking with me today? Now, number five. Pain is an indicator that you have a problem. Pain is an indicator that you have a problem. And what does that mean? It means this. We've already established you don't ignore pain. Understand the reason for pain. Pain is an indicator that something's wrong. 
Something's wrong. Where, where did my pain come from? Well, my pain came from my mom and dad getting a divorce. See, that was something wrong. But you know what the pain should tell you? That's not the way it should have went down. That's not the way it should be for my life. Pain lets you know when something's wrong. Amen? You know that pain you felt after you slept with that dude? That pain was there to tell you you shouldn't do that ever again. You know that pain you felt when you went out with that guy or you went out with that girl that everybody was telling you, don't go out with them? You know that pain that you felt after? That pain's an indicator, I'll never do that again. I shouldn't have did that. Listen, many times pain is a blessing. Pain's a blessing. Because pain will many times tell you the boundaries of your life. We want to ignore pain. I want to show you a clip here of a, of a young girl, and I've talked about this in church before. This was from the Oprah Winfrey show when, back when she had a show. And she had this little girl on here that had this rare condition where she could feel no pain. Now, many of us wish we could feel no pain. But see, in reality, if you felt no pain, you'd be a, you'd be a mess. Go ahead. And, can you roll that clip? Play that clip. In 2005, we met five-year-old Gabby. She's a little girl unlike any other, born with an extremely rare condition. She cannot feel physical pain. When Gabby was just a baby, there were signs she was not like other children. Her parents say she started compulsively chewing on her own hand, mutilating three little fingers. Eventually, her parents decided to pull her teeth because she was chewing on her tongue, like bubblegum. As she got older, Gabby constantly poked and scratched at her eyes, forcing doctors to remove one. She now wears an artificial eye her parents must insert every day. Gabby also terrified her parents when she grabbed a hot light bulb, suffering second-degree burns on her hands. And she doesn't feel weather either, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. She can walk She'd out do the door. really well in Chicago. Well, exactly. <laughs> Yes, it's a funny joke I made, yeah. <laughs> so, Katie, what's it like being a big sister to a little sister that feels no pain? You can't beat her up, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, thank you. It's another funny. It's another funny. Yes? It's a little hard. Yeah? Because she doesn't feel pain. And most of the tension is on her, mm -hmm. so she doesn't get hurt. Well, today it's not, because I'm looking at your patent leather shoes and how cute <laughs> you are sitting on the Oprah show. My team caught up with the Jeed Grass family at their home in Minnesota. Oh, I need to water my garden today. You do? Gabby is at the end of eighth grade. She's 14 years old. Mentally, some days she's 35. I need to empty my lunch, too. Yeah. I think she's doing great. She gets straight A's in school. She's funny, she's alert, she is a joy to be with. Take it home! It's easier for Gabby and our family to deal with her condition now. For the most part, she knows where her limitations are. Watch the crockpot's hot. She came home from school one day and said, my back feels funny. We felt on her back and felt a bump and felt it was warm. And we had a doctor's appointment for the next day already. And uh, they took an x-ray and they came back and they said that her back was broken. Today. I think already in the next few months we have like six appointments. She has an eye specialist, she has an endocrinologist, she has an orthopedic surgeon, she has a regular doctor just for colds and small things. Oh, it wasn't that bad. You went on the one that Katie is, is such a good sister. I feel like I get enough attention and I feel like Gabby gets enough attention, but I feel like they're different spheres of attention. 
It's sort of an adventure with this family, <laughs> but it's a really fun adventure because Gabby's a very nice, loving person. And Gabby and Taylor met when they were in first grade, and they have been just tremendous friends. Whoa! <laughs> okay. I love her sense stop. of humor. <laughs> I do still worry about Gabby. I remember that if she ever got like picked on, it was just really hard on me too, because we're so close. You just kind of had to like tell them to like leave her alone. She has an amazing personality. All her teachers love her. You know, she has a big change with high school coming up next year. Kids in elementary school used to ask me a lot more about my condition. So I feel like they know me better now. So I guess I'm more comfortable with my condition than I have been in the past. I love to learn. I love to interact with the people around me. I love to make friends. So it doesn't really affect who I am, but more like what I do. And it's like, why can't you be this or do this like everybody else? And sometimes that does get to me and I try to not let it bug me. But it, it does, it does get to me sometimes. And I just keep telling myself, you're normal, you're okay, just keep going. So, yeah. And Gabby's got some big dreams. And, uh, you know, okay. we really want to do the best we can to help her do that. But it's my fear that there's going to be a limitation that doesn't let her achieve that. And she'll be really disappointed if she's not able to do some of the things that she wants to do. But she's done things we never expected her to do and achieve things I had only dreamed for her. I don't think people would really know my true personality because all they really know is like that I'm physically impaired. I have wonderful family, I have wonderful friends. Um, all I really want to do is not let it affect me and live my life and be who I am. You see, pain has a purpose. Can't be ignored. And some people want to spend their whole lives avoiding pain. Sometimes the pain that you're feeling is simply an indicator that you're doing something you shouldn't be doing. You're going places you shouldn't be going. You're doing things that you got no business doing. You're around the wrong people. You're gonna, you keep going that way, you're going to be feeling pain, if you can help me. And sometimes we just want to ignore it. I'm good, but many of us have been to that place in our lives where we know something has to change. Many of us came to Jesus on that note because we knew I'm hurting so bad. If I keep going on this route, I'm not going to make it. If I keep, if I keep doing these things, I'm not going to make it. Why? Because of the pain you're feeling. Don't ignore the pain anymore. And you keep attributing the pain to this. Well, it's those people. They're making me in pain. It's this. It's, it, that's what's making me pain. No, trace the pain back to where it's coming from and be honest with yourself. Is it because of your disobedience to the Lord? Is that it? Is it because you're making bad choices? Is it because of something that was done to you that you've simply never dealt with? And before you say, well, I did deal with it, is the pain gone? Because if it's not, you got to take it back to the authority on pain, which is God the Father. He knows your pain. 
pain's an indicator that you have a problem. Now, here's the last thing I want to leave with you before I pray for some folks. Is you must participate in the exit of your pain. It's not going away. Time ain't going to get rid of it. You can't just walk it off. You have got to participate in exiting, getting that pain to exit your life. You got to participate in it. You got to be, look yourself in the mirror and be completely honest. I'm hurting and this is why. And before you run to a counselor or a friend or a pastor, run to God the Father. He can scoop that pain out. He can deal with that pain. Sometimes pain comes back. If you've ever been sick, sometimes pain comes back. I broke my arm. I had some pain. I got healed, but then it came back. Sometimes our pain is like that. You know what happens when pain comes back? You take it back to the Father. But you can't avoid pain. And some of you have been trying to ignore your pain for too long. You're like this little girl. Think about this little girl. With what, what, you know what that tells me? What kept my kids from biting their own arms off? They felt the pain. Right? What keeps a baby from chewing on their tongue? The pain. Sometimes pain will keep us from doing what's wrong and keep us doing what's right. But don't ignore the pain. Amen? Bow your heads for a moment. I feel this in the room. This is your moment. This is your day this morning. We got to deal with the pain in our lives. We got to confront it because it ain't going nowhere. How long do you want to be mean, bitter? How long do you want to keep living thinking everybody's against you? Nobody likes you. Listen, that truth is not a truth. That comes from pain. With every head bowed and with every eye closed, I got to ask today, maybe you're going through the pain of life. And as I'm preaching today, you're identifying, you know what? You're identifying, I got pain in my life that's undealt with. But maybe the pain is pointing you to a life lived without God. If you're living a life without God right now, this morning, we need to change that. Because the pain of your life is trying to tell you something's wrong. And what's wrong is you don't have God the Father in your life. And if you're here today and you've never made that conscious decision to say, Lord, I want to get off of this path. I want to follow you wholeheartedly. This is your morning. This is your morning. If that's you, I simply want to pray with you. We want to we set this right. We want to make this your morning to get things right. And if you're here today and say, I'm tired of going through what I'm going through. I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. I want you to just slip up a hand. Just slip up a hand. Yes, I see that. I see that. Yes, 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 yes. Anyone else? Yes, I see that. This is your moment. Okay. Put your hand down. And there's a second group of people here this morning that I want to pray with. And that is those of you here that have basically tried to push your pain under the carpet. You've just tried to go on even though you're hurting. This morning the Holy Spirit is here and he wants you to just say, no, you know what? It's time to deal with it. And if you're here this morning and you know you want to just take a step and make a declaration to say, I'm going to deal with my pain from here on out. I want you to slip up a hand as well. I want to pray with you. Praise God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I see that. We're not going to turn from it no more. Yeah, hallelujah. Let's all stand on our feet.
And if you just raised your hand right now, I want you to just come to the front. I want you to make your way to the front. Let's give them a good hand as they come. Come on. Hallelujah. 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 I'm going to release the rest of you, but I'm going to stay here and, and pray over them and out with some of my pastoral team to help us pray over these today. Listen, today we're going to pray with you, but it's not going to fix everything. It's not, that's not what this prayer line is about. This prayer line is about coming into agreement with you today that we are starting a process of healing and dealing with the pain in our lives. Remember, you must participate in the exit of your pain. That means this. If you want it to leave your life, you got to be a part of it. you got to do some stuff on purpose to get over the pain of that divorce, the pain of that broken heart, the pain of that mistake, the pain of the dying of that loved one, whatever it is. You got to get involved in it. And this morning, you're here with the Holy Spirit, and we're making a declaration, and our team is going to pray. Team, we're praying and agreeing with them. We're not praying over them. We're not doing it. We're praying and agreeing, and we're, we're asking the Lord to begin the process of healing, okay? But first off, I want us all to pray this with those that raise their hand today. Let's bow our head and close our eyes. Say, Jesus, I'm tired of living without you. Tired of trying to do it on my own. I need you in my life. Come into my life. I know that I haven't been living for you. Forgive me for the wrong I've done. Be my Lord in Jesus' name. Now listen, if you pray that today and and you're feeling like this is my day, listen, we're here for you. But you cannot stay on the sidelines. you got to participate in this process. Now, Father, I just bless everybody that has to go today. We ask in Jesus' name that you would be with them. Give them a strong week. And, Father, continue to show us how to deal with pain and what it's for in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you all. If you got to go, we'll see you next week. But if you're staying and waiting on these, just begin to pray right now. If I can get the praise team to just come and help us right now. Father, we make a declaration this morning for each person that is here. We are going to deal and confront the pain in our lives. The pain of divorce, the pain of relationships, the pain of mistakes, the pain of regrets. And this team, we come come into agreement and we declare the process of healing has begun in their lives today. In Jesus' name, no longer will this pain drive them anymore. No longer will this pain dominate their actions. We command anger to begin to leave right now. No more anger. No more anger. No more anger. Father, we just thank you for healing. Healing.